how you doing? Welcome back. This is Josh Risser here. Thank you for joining me again for another episode of DIY Narrator. This is episode 17, and if you aren't familiar, this is a podcast where I take my knowledge as a professional voiceover talent and try to help you, the e-learning designer or instructional designer who does their own narration, get better and create more engaging narrations so you don't sound like a person reading a script in a bathroom, which I say all the time. I think it's kind of funny, honestly. So I've been on a bit of a hiatus since my episode recorded at DevLearn at the end of October. It's been two weeks, which isn't really that long, but it is long for a guy who wants to release a podcast every week. That means that I missed two which you probably could have done that math on your own. Things since DevLearn have been a little crazy for me. Uh, Just been really busy recovering from that week where I was traveling and picking up all the the work that kind of got pushed to the next week, plus any new work. And honestly, it just keeps coming in, which is pretty awesome. Uh, That's something actually that I want to talk about in this episode. At DevLearn... When I introduced myself to a number of you as a full-time voice talent, or I didn't actually use those terms. That's something that voice talents say to each other to say, hey, I do this all the time, or hey, I only do this nights and weekends. But anyway, when I introduced myself as a voice talent to people, inevitably I got the same two responses. The first one was, wow, your voice sounds really great. I could see why you do that for a living, which I always humbly say thank you because... uh, You know, I have nothing to do with that. And that's such a small part of the equation of being successful in the voiceover world. The other thing I got uh, more than once, at least four or five times, was, you know, I thought about doing that, or I have a friend that wants to get into that. What kind of advice would you give? And so I thought, why not do an episode on that? Because so many of you are out there talking, you've got the equipment, you've worked on building your environment to sound better, And hopefully, you've realized that it's not all about the voice, it's not all about the equipment, it's all about your performance and the intention of your script and connecting those two things. I don't care what anyone else says, those are the key elements to succeeding as a voice talent, either in e-learning, in commercial, in promo, in documentary, in trailers, in IVR, maybe not IVR. Uh, what else is there? Uh, audiobooks, animation, infomercials. There's more. I know there's more. Yeah, whatever. Those are a lot of different avenues of voiceover that you could potentially be doing. And it's all the same key foundation. Understanding what the script is trying to say and being able to speak it as if you were speaking it to someone in the room with you and not reading it from a script. The first thing I want to talk about is the fact that this doesn't happen quickly. Not at all. In fact, it was nearly 10 years ago when I first did my first, quote, voiceover project as an e-learning developer, or not really e-learning developer, just a corporate trainer in general in a call center developing some e-learning. So I recorded the voiceover for that, had a good time, realized a little bit later that that's a thing that people do full-time, and then shelved it for a few years. Then it was about five years ago as a software developer for a different company where I thought that I might throw my hat in the ring when we were developing some videos in-house. 
And that went over pretty well and there was a good response. And I learned a little bit, had the equipment already because I'd been recording a band, but they were echoey and I didn't really work on the environment or understand the environment. It was about four-ish years ago when I decided to start looking into how to improve my sound, find some coaching, get a demo produced and all that. So that's the stuff I want to talk about. But first of all, I wanted to make sure you knew that this isn't something that I've been working on for a year or two or three. Like this is 10 years-ish in the making. So my first point of advice on the first steps to take is to stop skipping commercials. Just start listening to commercials, especially, especially national commercials. Start hearing those McDonald's ads that you see on TV that you're tuning out or skipping with your DVR. Start listening to anything that is larger than your local market, unless you live in a huge market. But even then, local ads are different than national ads. But if you can nail a national ad, which has a more conversational, relaxed approach that sounds like a guy or gal next door, then you could do the higher energy, harder sell local ads because that's usually what they sound. Local ads are usually done by DJs because a lot of times when you're buying ad buy on a local radio station, the DJ will cut the ad for free. So why not have them do it? Because you're already paying for all of the ad time or all of the airtime. I'm going to tell you why you don't have the DJ cut it for free. Because then your spot sounds just like the spot before it or the spot two spots before that and then the spot right after it. And then it sounds like the guy that's doing the show on the radio. So your spot doesn't sound any different than all the other stuff on the radio. And so you can't stand out. That's why you don't have your DJ cut a spot for free. All right, end rant. So what you're going to do while you're listening for these national commercials to what they sound like is you're going to start hearing what the voice actor in these commercials does with some of the phrasing. You're going to start hearing the beats in the script. You're going to start hearing the delivery and the how how soft it is and how comfortable the, the person sounds who's delivering the script. That's what I want you to hear. And then I want you to record yourself doing the same spots. Write down the spots, record them, compare them, you can actually hear some national spots on a website called iSpot TV. iSpot.tv. Be sure to check that out and compare your delivery to their delivery. Don't worry about audio quality as much as how do you sound delivering the spot compared to the person who got paid big bucks to deliver the spot. Those McDonald's spots, not cheap to record. After you've done that for a little while and you started to kind of understand the play in the, the commercial world, you'll need to find yourself a coach. The thing is with voiceover coaching is it's a bit of a gold rush, quote unquote gold rush in the voiceover world right now. Everyone who has a mic thinks they can be a voice talent because they've been told their entire life that they have a great voice. It's not that they can't be a voice talent. It's just that it's created this large ecosystem of voice talent that are undertrained and underskilled. And there's been a flood of people who call themselves coaches who will gladly take one to $200 an hour to quote coach you on your delivery. The thing is, a reputable coach 
that really knows what they're doing and can really help you move forward in your career will cost the same amount as a not-so-reputable coach. The other issue, though, is that the reputable coaches are so busy coaching that they don't necessarily have the greatest social media presence. So don't go and search voiceover coach on Facebook or Twitter and find the first guy that seems to be the most popular because it's not necessarily the most effective coach. Now, I'm picking my words here very carefully, but remember that the only people that made money during the gold rush were the people selling pickaxes and shovels. If you want to get into coaching, send me a message. I will gladly refer you to some great voiceover coaches that I've worked with in the past. They're good, they're reputable, and they helped me get to where I am today. Next thing is continuing to work. Right away, we worked on some iSpot ads and we got better. Then we got a coach. Now you're going to be connecting with other voiceover talent. So you're going to need to create yourself a workout group. The best thing I have done for my voiceover career is direct other voice talent and be directed by those same voice talent. The trick with this is finding other people who don't have an ego about them, aren't going to argue with the direction, and just going to take the direction and apply it. It doesn't matter if the direction's right or wrong because there really isn't any right or wrong. It's always what the director wants. So if you're directing someone, you can tell them to do it in a Cockney accent. Doesn't matter if that fits the script or not. They just need to try it in a Cockney accent. And if you're told to do something in a ridiculous accent or a ridiculous voice, you just do it. The thought is that it helps you learn how to follow direction, how to think about a script from a different point of view. And what that does is help you direct yourself in the studio, which is so important. When you're alone and you're working on auditions or working on scripts, you have to be able to listen back to what you recorded, hear what didn't really work, hear what did really work, direct yourself, update it, change it, listen back again, Say, oh, would this be something that I hear on the radio or not? Or would it work in this explainer video or not? How does an explainer video typically sound? Am I sounding like that? And then being able to change your delivery and deliver what you need to deliver. In the workout group, you need to always be delivering feedback from a place of mutual respect and understanding that we're all here to get better and no one is here to criticize another person. That's so, so important. And if someone doesn't fit that mold, you got to cut them from the group. That's, that's just the only way to go. If they can't get there, you got to cut them out because we're trying to get better here. We're not trying to fight with each other. We're not arguing. We're trying to practice and get better. Okay, so we worked on our listening skills. We worked on some scripts. We listened to the coaches. We worked with a workout group. Next, you need to cut a demo. But you have to be ready to cut a demo. Your coach, if you respect them and they're reputable, they'll let you know when you're ready to cut a demo or if you're not ready to cut a demo. They'll also help you work on your demo scripts. If they're also demo producers, they will also help you write and produce your demo. So you can get kind of a package deal there. 
If they're not demo producers, they might help you still write scripts if you ask them. There might be an extra charge for that. They'll help you work on the scripts. They might even direct you when you're recording your demo, and then you'll ship off the finished files to a demo producer, and they'll produce the final spots. And a demo is just a bunch of recordings. Usually it's 6 to 10 recordings that are 6 to 10 seconds long each. The total thing is no longer than a minute, and it just kind of showcases your ability to work in different spots. Notice I didn't say you produce your own demo and you write your own scripts because that's not a good idea if you're just getting into the industry. You don't understand what an agent's looking for, what a production company's looking for. You're just learning how these things sound and where the beats are and how to set up the rhythm of a script. So you definitely should not be producing your own demo if you want it to be able to sell people on your skills. Your skills are in the delivery of the script, right? Don't worry about production. Don't worry about the way a demo flows and how they should be sequenced. Just worry about how you delivered each individual spot on that script and let the other people work their magic because you don't, as a voiceover talent, produce a lot of commercial stuff. My day is spent reading scripts, recording files, editing them, removing some breaths, and... Uh, you know, sometimes some equalization or whatever, and shipping off mostly raw files to production houses. That's it. Rarely, if ever, do I really produce scripts. I'll produce podcast intros and stuff like that, but never commercial stuff that's going on the radio or on television. All right, now you have your demo, you've got some coaching, you've got some friends in the voiceover industry through your workout group. It's time to find some clients. This is not the easy part at all. It's the hardest part, and it takes the longest you need to get some auditions. That's very important to keeping your skills sharp because you're not going to be coaching perpetually and constantly. You should still be coaching once a year or so just to keep up with the trends in the industry. But you need auditions to know what's going on right now and get your voice in front of potential voice buyers. Then when you book a few gigs, eventually you're going to hit on a gold mine, which is basically a customer that produces frequent videos, likes your voice, loves what you did on this project, and continually sends you videos. Whether that's every few months, every few weeks, or every week, there's still a gold mine, and you got to take care of every customer like they could be a repeat customer. But I could do a whole podcast on customer service, but let's not even worry about that. Where do you find auditions? Number one, there are pay-to-play sites. The reason I bring this one up as number one is this is where the shift in the industry is kind of happening. Over to sites where you pay a yearly or monthly fee to receive auditions and submit them back to the audition seeker. What you need to watch out for on these sites is when they won't let you connect directly with the audition seeker. Because what we were talking about earlier is we need to find the customers that are repeat customers. And if you are forced to interact with your customer through the site only, and you're not forced to just email them back and forth, the site will steal your customer, basically. They're going to take a cut of your job. They're also not going to allow you to connect with them directly and keep them as a customer. They're not your customer anymore. You're the site's customer and... They're the site's customer, and the site acts as a middleman. It's a bad situation for everyone involved. 
accept the site, I guess. It's not a good business practice for you to rely on someone else to work with your customer. Because the pay-to-play sites regularly change their business practices, I'm not going to give you any recommendations that will live forever in the podcast. If you want my current recommendation on pay-to-play sites, of which I use a couple, please send me an email and I'll gladly recommend them through email based on my current understanding of how that pay-to-play site operates. Because of the two major players out there, if you search for one from posts about four years ago, there's one pay-to-play site that is the bee's knees and another one that's garbage. And since then, that is completely flipped. And one of them that used to be the main site that people loved is still the biggest site, but they really, really have started to engage in some very shady business practices. I'm not going to get into that because it's a big mess, at least not in a form that will live on the internet forever. I know better because at some point the whole thing might shift and then you listen to this podcast in three years and all of a sudden I'm giving you bad advice. I want my advice on this podcast to be evergreen and always good for you to follow. I don't want to potentially mislead someone in the future based on 2018's best practices. The other way is to get auditions from agents. Agents are kind of a special breed. They don't like to be bothered too much except by their their stable of talent. So what you need to do is go to a agency's website and agency's website and submit according to their instructions on their site. You'll need to usually attach your demo to a form on their website or send an email with a special subject line to a special inbox with your demo attached. Never, ever, ever do anything other than what they ask you to do. Otherwise, they'll just assume that you can't take direction and they will not represent you. Also, most agents will never respond. So submit every six months if there's someone you want to get involved with, but don't badger them asking them if they had a chance to listen to your demo. Chances are they probably didn't, or they did and you sound like someone else on their roster. That's the thing about voiceover. There are thousands of voices and there's someone out there that sounds like you. You just have to get there before they do. The thing is about voiceover, it's kind of nice because you're never really rejected. You were just not picked. Someone else was selected. You were just not selected. It's not the same as being rejected. At least that's what I tell myself to keep my ego inflated to the point that I like it. So to recap on this off-the-cuff unrehearsed podcast. My advice for pursuing a voiceover career. Make sure you listen to the ads that are out there now to start getting a feel for them. Record yourself doing those ads to see how close you can get to the delivery and see where you might have to go. That's just fun to do. Next, find a coach, reputable, and work with them. Learn if you've got what it takes. How far will you have to go? Ooh, I left out a step. Take some improv classes. Absolutely take some improv classes. Do some acting work. It'll really, really help. Then find yourself a workout group. Get a demo done. Produced by someone reputable once again. Then get some auditions. Also, what you might want to do is read Seth Godin's book, The Dip. It's all about doing good work and the point at which the work becomes really difficult and you're kind of slogging through it and how to understand if you're dipping 
where you're going to eventually start turning back up or if you're on a dead-end path where maybe this isn't the path for you. It's all about how to know when to quit. And that is the dark side of the voiceover industry. You see the posts on Facebook all the time. I've did my demo two years ago. I've auditioned hundreds of times and I've never booked. Maybe they didn't get coaching. Maybe they created their own demo. You don't know their whole story, but maybe they just don't have a delivery that is what someone's looking for. Or maybe they aren't going about auditioning correctly. Maybe their sound is bad. There's so many things. So understand all the different components and shore up your sound, your equipment, your delivery, your production. If any of those components fail you, you're not going to book. It's as simple as that. If your audio doesn't sound good, you're not going to book. If your delivery is bad, you're not going to book. If you said the customer's name wrong, you're not going to book. If you submit an audition with the wrong file name, you're not going to book. This is all about following direction and giving the client what they want, exactly what they want, from the delivery of the script all the way down to the file format and the name of the file. All right, I could rant about this for a long time, but it's time to wrap this up. If you have any specific questions about your situation and getting into more voiceover work, let me know. Send me an email to host at DIYNarrator.com. And before you go, there's a special announcement that has been mentioned on LinkedIn a little bit, but not on the podcast yet. March 26th, the week of March 26th, is Learning Solutions 2019 in Orlando. And I shall be speaking, bringing a DIY narrator live experience to Learning Solutions. What I'm going to do is go through some fundamental performance tips, and then you're going to have the chance to read a script and work on those tips immediately in the class or in the session. This is going to be coming from a place of respect and trying to get better. It's not going to be a place to put you on the spot or make you feel embarrassed. Everyone who wants to participate will participate, and it's it's really going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. If you're at Learning Solutions, check out my session and be sure to say hi. I'll have more stickers. I have plenty of stickers, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to episode 17 of the DIY Narrator Podcast. Send me an email if you have any questions about pay-to-plays or coaches. I'm happy to refer you to some that I know as of the current moment are respectable and good. Please do your research. Always do your research. That'll wrap it up. Show notes over at diynarrator.com slash 017. Thanks for listening. Get out there and do great work.